0: Welcome to the Soul Stories podcast series with michelle Ann, where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories. Grab a cuppa and join me in a heart-filling journey of self-discovery, where my guests will share how they overcame adversity, embraced their spirituality, and allowed their true light to shine. Looking for inspiration, guidance, and tips to find your true passion and purpose? You are definitely in the right spot. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Soul Stories podcast series with Michelle Lan. And today we're up to episode number three, zero, number 30. And I have, I'm going to say a beautiful guest for you today. Uh, oh, your heart's going to be cracked open. Let's just tell you, let's just say that. So I have Rudy Landman here with me this morning. And we are going to talk about all things self acceptance, self love, and just really. Oh, I'm going to let him explain it because he's best at it, but I just said to him before we started, I'm a little bit nervous about this because there's some topics we're going to talk about today and I don't know all the politically correct language. So I started to get in my head about it, but then what I realized, and I said this to Rudy just before we started, it doesn't matter to me what politically correct and what's politically incorrect as long as you're accepting someone with love, kindness and compassion. So I think that's going to be the theme for our beautiful podcast today. So I wanted to introduce Rudy. So I met Rudy. We we're just discussing how long ago both of us couldn't really remember, but it was a while—maybe five years ago, or even I don't even know. But it doesn't matter. Uh, I think was it was the first time we met at our cacao circle.
1: I think it probably was. Yes. Yeah, at so a cacao. Very circle. early days.
0: Yeah, very early days when I first started my business, um, and Rudy turned up to the cacao circle, and I just remember him being so warm and loving and beautiful and accepting himself I can see so Rudy um likes to you like to have wear like ladies clothing and your earrings and everything and I absolutely love that about you because you were just glowing from the inside out because I I could see that you just accepted yourself for exactly who you were whatever that looked like from the outside it didn't matter and that came out in your eyes. It came out in the way you acted. It came out in your essence. It came out in your connection with people, your warmth. And I've actually watched you even grow from there. Like I know you were very open back then, but now I'm watching him. I'm watching along at home and I'm watching Rudy. This is amazing. I'm watching Rudy and he's out at the, the fashion shows with bloody Camilla. I think I saw the other day, the Camilla yeah. fashion and all the, 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 like with all the models and the networking events and i, I don't i don't want to hear all about this because i just love <laughs> watching that so i'm going to hand you over to rudy and i want you just to explain in your words mm-hmm. um what i'm trying to say with bumbling my words so you go you go for it explain it yourself and and how just everything tell me everything
1: <laughs> okay well thank you so much michelle that's a beautiful introduction and i feel very very welcome and very as always in, in your presence. You, you've created a beautiful, a beautiful community and a beautiful way of being in the world. Um, so yeah, look, I think the for people who haven't met me or haven't seen me at an event or on the socials or whatever, um, the first thing that I think people will notice is that I have, I guess, a male body, masculine features. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't present uh, yes. I don't present myself <laughs> or uh, show up in the world. Um As a man. Uh, So, uh, and this story, there's a story there of how I got that discovered that about myself. Um, And we'll come to that, I guess, but I guess to to lay the groundwork here, um, I identify myself as non binary. So, by non binary, I mean that um, our society is set up with an idea of. a role in life or a way of being in the world that we call masculine and a way of being in the world and the way that we carry ourselves called feminine and you're basically asked to to choose are you a do you, which one of those which one of those yeah. things do you accept which one of those binary things you've got exactly two choices but in fact you don't even get to choose right because these roles these ways of being in the world are kind of they're thrust upon us, whether we like it or not. Yeah, I just got um,
0: goosebumps. Yeah, exactly. The, you don't at, even have the choice, do you? Right. It right. is. You so, just so, what, what you're born with. That's what you are, apparently. Exactly, and so
1: for someone like me, um, it was it was a long time coming. <laughs> but you know, when I look back at my early life, um, I can see there were a lot of times that I just did not really fit in with what society thinks of as a as a boy or a man. And then in fact, if you had to look at those sort of expectations and, and values and and ways of being in the world and hobbies and interests and all of those things, because we, we gender all of those things, then I was actually probably more always attracted to and identified with more what was in the the female bucket or yeah. female box. And so I, it was it was not really until my 40s that I, I realised, oh, okay, something really, something is really not fitting here. It's not, it's not working. And then began a process of, and it surprised the hell out of me. Oh, at <laughs> 40 it you did? In my did 40s. It? And it, yeah, so I think oh. you kind of knew me just as I was kind of, as I'd reached that tipping point and realised, Actually, you know what, if I don't like the way that society has, or if I don't like the way that society has um, passed me or you know, the way that the, the role that I've been handed, I actually don't have to play it. I don't, wow. if, if this is what, if this is what society considers a man to be, and that doesn't work for me, actually, I don't have to be that. I don't have to be anything other than true to myself. Oh. Um, do I consider myself a woman? No, I don't actually. Uh, that doesn't resonate with me. However, most of and so I think we'll have to get into it a moment in, into you know the way that we separate biological sex from gender um, and also from sexuality. These are three different these are three different fields. But you know just just to get lay some groundwork here. Um, actually, it's possible, and a lot of people have experienced this, to, well, yeah, I know what you consider a man to be, and I know what you consider a woman to be, and actually, I don't consider myself either of those things.
2: I'm
1: I'm me, and the word a lot of people use is non-binary. I'm not, I'm not really hung up on labels, um, but that's the, that's the, that's the closest one. So if you were that's to look up non-binary, that's, yes. that's, the, that's the term. So if you yes. want to look up non-binary, that's that's pretty much my experience.
0: But, yeah, what you just said, I'm me, which is why I don't like using those labels and those terms because, yes, I know there's certain things you should not shouldn't say. Oh, I'm literally getting emotional here because, to me, it's not about the bloody labels. It's not about the words. I'd rather accept you for just being you, Rudy, than putting a label around it and not really accepting you. Do you know what I mean? That's 100%. that's what I feel is more important is the acceptance, not the term. I get that we have to have certain terms, and particularly in this world of you know, as you said, you're a male or you're female. It used to be; it's changed a lot. It's changing a lot, which is good. But it's it's beautiful to see now that people are just becoming more and more accepting of it. But yes, well, can, you go. I love what you
1: no, I love what you're saying, Michelle, because that. Kindness and compassion is the is the key, and I think a lot of the time, you know, we get we all get hung up on questions about when we think about inclusion and acceptance. We, you know, we we start to and diversity. One of the first things that that our brains go to is this question: Oh, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to say the wrong thing, or or people to get know, take things the wrong way. But actually. I think the moment we start thinking that way we're distracted because worrying about offense is I think it misses the point the question is how are we going to include people how are we going to welcome people how are we going to make people if we if we've got an, an event or a or an organization or a business how are we going to make people feel welcome and included and feel like they are part of this or they belong here or they're safe here or they're wanted here Uh, and that is once you start thinking that way questions of offense i mean fade into the background people can be offended by anything (laughs) right you know little things big things reasonable things completely crazy unreasonable things Uh, anyone can take offense so let's not think about that let's think about welcome and inclusion
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. So 40, hey, I thought it would be much younger than that for you. Like obviously, as you said, when you were a child, you were leaning more towards doing feminine things, but it took till 40 till you realise, hang on, I really don't feel right here. So
1: what happened was that, um, so my day job is in the tech industry and for most of my professional life I had lived the life of a traditional tech worker just mm-hmm. in terms of you know completely completely sedentary existence sitting at a desk staring at a screen for know, 10 12 whatever hours a day and it was my hobbies as a lot of hobbies as well also online but the um, and also just this steady diet of, of junk food <laughs> so so at my so going back you know about six or seven years now. I, I weighed 150 kilos. Um, I There was no movement in my life at all. Uh, there never had been. Um, and I was, you know, I, I was suffering. My health was suffering. My mental health was suffering. There's a lot of, of things wrong. And then I made a decision to, to change my life, change my body. Um, and I did really well. I lost half my body weight. I went from never having move, run in my life to running you know, three marathons in 2017 oh. from never having ridden a bike even as a child to um riding in 100 to 160 kilometer events so you know just uh i transformed my life and i created a, a lean athletic figure exactly the thing that i had set out to achieve and then i noticed i really wasn't resonating with what i was seeing in photos and in the mirror and and it puzzled me like what the heck is going on here like why why I, I've I've done it you know I've, I did exactly what I set out to do and so why am I still as unhappy with what I'm seeing as as I was with yeah. the, you know, my big out of shape body and a few things happened but but basically and it started with a pair of Lorna Jane tights and people I love Lorna I saw your (laughs) I saw your
0: post this morning about (laughs) Lorna Jane she's amazing I met her and um yeah I saw your post about your Lorna Jane gear and I was like yes my favorite workout gear as well (laughs) so it started (laughs) off with Lorna Jane pants yes
1: and justice and I won't tell the whole story because I think we've got more interesting things to talk about but the I mean the um the The short version of it was that one thing led to another. I'd I'd seen a pair of Lorna Jane tights. I was real. I loved the look of them. I wanted to wear them. It freaked me out that yeah. and it, it took. It was really difficult for me to you know. I was going out to a to a a running uh, event that morning and I actually put them on and took them off three times before I dared to step out the door in a pair of bright you know Lorna Jane tights. And of course nobody noticed or cared except for a few of my Female friends who who said how great they looked and were, were happy you know, and and uh, and loved them, and but from it was kind of like a, a turning point for me. And it it wasn't like you know so I put on a pair of long and Tights and suddenly I discovered I was gender diverse. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was more the fact that I I did that. and I thought, oh, actually, I really something something resonates here. Mm-hmm. And so then I approached myself and my own sense of self with curiosity and said okay so that's interesting what else is there and I started to experiment then more and more with more feminine presentation um, and and grooming so you know I I got my nails done I got my lashes done I got my brows done (laughs) and I got everything waxed from the neck down. That was an interesting experience the first Ooh. time. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, actually, the, the, the most painful part wasn't what I was expecting. The most painful part was the chest. There you go. Anyway, I heard
0: that actually too. Yes, yes. Yeah,
1: I was not prepared for that. Anyway, um, but every step I took towards feminine presentation um, I just felt better and better and felt more and more at ease and that and and that sense of of true self and of and it was it was hard to accept mm-hmm. because we have like like we were saying earlier right so the moment that you arrive in this world actually even before now because we do these scans right and and, and <laughs> And, you know, people have these uh, gender reveal parties and, and, yeah. you know, there's this, this all, there's a whole lot of stuff being loaded onto us these days, even before we're born
3: mm-hmm. um,
1: and expectations about how you'll be in the world, what you'll like, what you won't like, what your personality will be, what feet, you know, so all of these, what traits you'll have, what career you might want, you know, all of these things There's a whole lot of expectation and, and. It's coded deeply into us. It, we we learn it. Um, we know that toddlers toddlers can identify what is supposed to be for boys and supposed to be for girls. Mm. They have us by the time we're three. We know this. Or we know what our society expects of us. Mm. Um, and so suddenly, re, suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, discovering in adulthood that you might have been wrong about yourself oh. for a long time and then you start looking back and looking at other experiences and things in the past that might not have made sense at the time you think oh is that is that what that was and you can never know for sure because you're you're remembering many years later but it's like well okay but if if I was if there was something in me that was already not not at home or not comfortable then that that experience makes a whole lot more
3: more sense yeah
1: so and then and it was yeah and we know i mean trans and gender diverse people experience large amounts of prejudice in our society um even violence trans and gender diverse people especially mm. uh, men who tra- who transition to to a feminine presentation whether they identify as a woman or whether they identify as non-binary but but feminine presenting uh you know are assaulted and murdered at, at horrific Rates mm. compared to the, mm. the population, there are people, unfortunately, who enforce enforce gender norms, mm. um, even violently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so, yeah. So, have you suffered much?
0: Scary. Have you I, suffered much of? Um...
1: I I am tremendously blessed, Michelle. Um, I have. I really haven't experienced much. A little bit. Um yeah. and so what I ha- so and maybe this is a good time just to, to put a little bit of a content warning here. If you are if anyone listening is trans or gender diverse or has someone in their life that they love, um, know, yeah, I I will discuss some abuse here if if this is if this is a problem, then tune out yeah. or um but fingers sorry. in the ear. <laughs> <laughs> fair fair warning. Um yeah. but so look, what I what I've experienced personally. That I know of is that um, the, the amount of I've experienced street harassment, you know. Uh, and it's almost always young men in groups, which is interesting. Uh-huh. Right? It's, it's brave stuff. Uh, but uh-huh. every every woman knows that, right? Every woman has had that experience of, of street harassment, of yes. of catcalling or or just abuse. <laughs> so
2: yeah
1: um, and that was, and part of, that was an interesting journey for me too, because I'm six foot tall. Um, most of my life have been, you know, well, my, you know, most of my recent life have been between, you know, eighty and hundred kilos, uh, and I used to feel safe in the, on the streets at night, and mm. I don't anymore mm. because I know that there could, I, I know that um, certainly there's there's young men who would feel. Uh, Young men in groups who would who, who uh, you know feel free to make abusive remarks, but you just again like like women know um, you don't know whether that group of young men is just going to be catcalling you or whether it's going to turn into something nasty.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And we all do the same thing, right? You don't make eye contact. Walk <laughs> walk walk quickly and deliberately, and, and just try and avoid the avoid the yeah. situation as much as you can. So that was an interesting and sad um, uh, new experience for me to not necessarily feel safe in places and situations. I would, I'd, For most of my life, I would have felt safe and not even thought about it. Yeah. Um, so there's that. There's online stuff, like, you know, every time yeah. I post, you know, when I'm, as you know, I'm very, I post a lot about, you um, events I go to and and fashion and and there's there are people who leave nasty remarks I was very lucky just in the last couple of weeks Lorna Joan featured me in a campaign oh um, did she
0: yeah oh I didn't and know that. that I must have missed
1: yeah, that that's yeah. exciting um and there was some there were, I mean some people left some really nasty comments of course yeah which which her team was beautiful and brilliant they reacted very quickly to remove that that kind of stuff uh, but I saw it I saw a lot of I saw a lot of that stuff um in some ways I kind of wish that they'd left it um mm-hmm. only because there's part of me that the, the, the less charitable part of me makes makes me wish they'd left it because the people saying that stuff have have friends and family as well and I think it might have been good for their friends and family to see the kinds of things those people are leaving are writing about a stranger on the internet.
0: Yeah, but and uh, so people can see also what you're up against, and it's horrible. And you don't—I can see why she's taken it down because obviously you don't want to condone that sort of thing. But the, as you said, the other side of it is people need to see what's going on here. You know,
1: and I think that I think that there's a temptation, even for for kind and sympathetic and allied people, people like you, Michelle. I think mm. sometimes there's there's a temptation to think that, well, you know, um, women are in the workforce now, and and gay people can marry, and 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 you know, first First Nations people can can vote, and there's there's almost a there's almost a sense that, oh, are we done here? Like, surely, surely it's it's all in the past. Surely, you know, yeah. we we're done with discrimination, and we're not there's still a way to go and i think the temptation can be for all of us for me too i'm not excluding myself that sometimes we think of the struggles that some people still have with acceptance and with participation in society we can sometimes think that the battles are already won and that we've pat ourselves on the back and you know and 100% things are much better than they used to be right um, but we're not there yet there is still there is still a struggle um, and I just, you know, I just I don't hold any particular, you know, it's not it's not in my nature to <laughs> to bear grudges or to um, think badly of, of people, even people who, who do that kind of stuff. I just think it's sad. I just think, like, where do you have to be in your life that that you're going to invest your time and, and precious life, your, this precious life that we all have? You're going to invest it in. In leaving nasty comments on a, about a stranger on the internet and trying to drag them down, someone you've never even met, mm. and it's like, wow, okay, where do you have to be in your life to where that is where that is somehow that that's gratifying for you? Um,
0: it's cowardly so- too, like the the gang attacks, cowardly because there's more than one of them. Um, the internet, cowardly. If you met Rudy in person, I. I'm sure maybe you have copped it once or twice, but when you meet Rudy, you, you can't help but love him. I don't care what your I don't care what your sort of ideas on um this is, this topic is. But I don't know, have you had anyone face to face say anything to you? No. Yeah, because they see you for you.
1: Young yeah, groups of groups of young men in 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 packs in the city and
0: and, and, and oh, occasionally
1: guys, occasionally young men yelling things out of yelling things out of cars.
0: Like, again cowardly because they're not there in front of you but yeah that's their stuff isn't it
1: but it's also that you know it could it could very well be michelle that i've met it could be that you know i've met people at at events or socially or whatever and and then they've they've formed a negative opinion and gone away but but i wouldn't know right because Mm, they've they've removed themselves from from
0: which is fine everyone's can have an opinion but if that person doesn't you know sprout it out to the world and and belittle you and take you down with that opinion then you know they have the opinion they keep it quiet to themselves and they don't hurt anyone then that's their thing and you live your life and they live yours they live theirs and everyone's happily ever after (laughs) not so not so simple normally but at least it's not they're not attacking you they're not hurting you
1: sure do you know what i mean and i'm I'm trained in, uh, in narrative therapy. And one of the principles of that is that people will always, people as human beings, we understand the world through story. Yeah. And part of that is also accepting that we cannot control the stories that other people tell about us. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, seeking to do so there, there is no peace in that direction. <laughs> um, so, but what we can do is we can learn to tell kinder stories about ourselves. Um, and that's what's important. It really doesn't matter. This, people are going to tell stories about us all the time anyway. And you can drive yourself mad worrying about that. And let's, let's not yeah. do
0: that. No matter what you do, you're always going to get someone that doesn't agree. Like Di and I, we get haters quite regularly.
1: Like, <laughs> I'm
2: sure you do.
0: And, um, I mean, see. I would have thought I'd probably one of the nicest, well, in my head, I'm one of the nicest persons you'd meet. Like I, could, I wouldn't hurt a fly, but I still get haters. And it's just people's stuff. Day. They just—they're just, they're not happy, particularly if you start to become successful. And I'm guessing with you, as you're rising up, and I can see you, as I said on socials, really stepping up into your power, and that's going to ruffle feathers because you are actually doing something with this. You've taken it out. I've seen you on the bloody runway in the fashion parades. You like—you're like, you're now aligning yourself with people like Lorna Jane, Camilla. Like, this is big stuff, and it's going to ruffle feathers. And um, I think the more we love ourselves, and the more we're authentically okay the easier it is to deal with that stuff when it comes because it will come
1: thank you Andy. and i always love that quote that you will never be criticized by the people who are doing better than you are
0: exactly exactly and that one about the brene brown about being in the the court have you heard oh. that one yeah absolutely. yeah yeah don't criticize so, so. unless you're in the in the game And they're the ones that do criticize They're the ones that are sitting on the sidelines every single time. I'm like, you're not doing what I'm doing. So I'm not going to take your opinion. I'll take it, but I'm not going to take it seriously because you're not in the game. You're not doing what I'm doing. So criticize all you like. Give me all the advice you like. And I always learn and there's always learning experiences in this with haters. There's always something to learn and I always take it. I don't flippantly take it. I always take it. and sit with it and feel what can I learn from this experience and there's always something and but I won't buckle to it you know and you'll be the same learn but don't buckle to it
1: and whilst we're we're trading favorite quotes there's there's also the one about um, you know don't take don't accept criticism from somebody you would never go to
0: for advice oh yeah that's a good one that's a good one I love that (laughs) one same
1: thing so so you know all of these things point and I guess it's now that we're talking this way, I mean, the, um, the thing that stands out to me is that, so when people see me, whether it's they see me in person at an event or they, they see some of my socials or whatever, um, what I'm conscious of is, of course, the first thing that catches a lot of people's eye, the thing that people are curious about is that, but that's, that's clearly or what appears to be a male body um, mm-hmm. presenting in a way that we, we perceive as female. mm mm-hmm. Um, But really, to me, that's really just that's almost irrelevant (laughs) as because what I want, you know, I I don't I don't expect anybody to, you know, is going to see that and and suddenly question their gender identity. Some people might. And that's great. But what I want to show the world or what I want to start people thinking about is is their own version of authenticity and where is it in your life that you are dulling your sparkle you know the things that actually make you feel real and alive and 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 so that and and what's holding you back from that like at what what are the things in your life where you would be shining and sparkling except that you're worried about what somebody is going to think of that so whether it's whether it's a like I say, it's it's unlikely. It's possible that it, it could be gender, it could be sexuality, but it's also very likely to be something that's that's not bad at all. It's it could be it could even be just about even within traditional gender boundaries, the way that you dress, the way that you act, you know, if I do this or if I if I if I invest in that or if I if I were to if I were to show up in a particular way, who is who would the haters be? Who is going to drag me down? Who is going to disapprove? And um, we have this short, fragile existence on this planet. And if you believe in reincarnation, maybe we come back. Or if you have a different, different view of, of the afterlife, maybe there's something else after that. But at least this frame, this time, it's short, it's fragile i've lost a lot of people who i love far too early i'm very very conscious of the limitation of this short beautiful life um are you gonna spend that trying to make other people happy Mm -hmm. people who are probably not even paying attention anyway um it's it's ridiculous like you have to find what what lights you up and and do that thing and and if if anything if 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 people can see that I've done that with something as fundamental and as sometimes rigidly or violently um, policed as gender, mm. or patrolled as gender, if, if I could do that with gender, what can you do with whatever it is that that is not lighting you up and that you're still doing or things that you would love to do and you just, oh but I could never do that, or I could never be that, or what would people think, don't do that, don't waste i'm passionate about this don't don't waste your life on those people or 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 those worries um they're going to say what they want anyway they're going to think what they want anyway you can't even you can't control it even if you wanted to
0: oh yeah just keep shining bright and do the best that like what you want what your soul wants you do that's it and not worried about what people think be true to yourself that's the ultimate really isn't it and i think that's why i fully aligned with you when I met you because I could feel you're being true to yourself. That was the core essence of you. I'm like this, this man, (laughs) whatever you call it, whatever the word is, (laughs) is being true to yourself. You're being true to yourself. You are living in alignment with what is in here within your soul, which I loved. And I love that it's becoming for you more and more. Like as I see you are adding things like, so it used to be little things like, as you said, the nails and, um i can't remember when we first met i think i don't think i think you might have had your earrings your nails done i don't think you were um at the, the stage of wearing earrings. you didn't uh, have earrings i,
1: think, I didn't had earrings i think i think i was actually dressed in quote unquote women's clothes and we'll come back to that in a moment but they, they were probably they were probably pants and they were yeah
0: clothes. they weren't they weren't they in were, your flamboyant sort of women but i'm watching you now and now you're like fully going into the women's gowns and the fashion industry and i was like yeah like sometimes when i because i meet rudy at all different events and sometimes you're all out there with the whole kit and other times you're like paired back and when it gets paired back i'm like huh. Oh, I love the flamboyancy, and I miss it a bit sometimes, um, which is quite funny. And tell us all about the fashion side of things. You're obviously really drawn to that,
1: absolutely. And I think maybe because, I mean, I've always, I've always loved fashion. I used to work in the industry many years ago, um, and and I was always, you know, even even as a teenager or growing up, it was often um, it was often like a lot of friends or, or girlfriends I had at the time. Um, you know, would I'd love I'd love dressing in and they'd love they'd love they'd love um, consulting me. <laughs> so uh, that was always something I loved. And for me, in this particular part of my journey, in in challenging what I always thought I knew about my own gender, um, fashion was an intrinsic an intrinsic part of that. And um, like I said, it started with a pair of Lorna Jane tights, and kind of went from there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, there are it's it's really interesting to me that that the whole that fashion is it's one it's it's something that is so, um, so heavily gendered like it's mm-hmm. and, and it's interesting. And the, the particulars are interesting, too, because, for example, I mean, Michelle, you could walk into Maya into the menswear section of Maya and pretty much pick anything you liked. and you would back my lady. yeah like a but for a for a man to do that in the ladies wear section yeah um, people are going to think that's odd <laughs> or, yeah. or weird or even or even bad in some yes sense, in some sense um and it's, it's interesting isn't it that the way that our society is right now um men's fashion is is this kind of subset mm-hmm. of women's fashion women can wear whatever men wear but not the other way way around that's exactly it and it hasn't always been that way and this is one of the clues that we know that gender is different from sex from biological sex gender is something that is constructed if you rewind two or three hundred years um and you think about the the, you know the royal courts of europe in the sort of pre-industrial age um i mean the men are giving the women a run for their money and the the lace and the (laughs) brocade and the fancy hairdos and the, the makeup and High heels were originally a man's fashion item that then Was
0: the, it? Um, I did not know high that. High. There you well, go.
1: It was it was men, well, A wanting a little bit more height.
3: Oh, of course. Um, and B,
1: um, the, the high heel as we know it evolved from riding boots. So previous so riding boots were the first boots that owned I mean, that had heels at all in European fashion. Wow. Um, because the, the heel, of course, engaged with the stirrup. So, um, and then it kind of, and so if you, if you had heels on your boots and that you were wealthy enough to own a horse.
2: Wow. And, wow. Thank God. Like, I did not know that.
1: More is more. So <laughs> the heels were yes. higher and higher um, until things turned around. and it, it got adopted into women's fashion and then stopped doing it. Um, but all of these things are constructed. The, the, the very familiar idea of, you know, blue for boys, pink for girls that's that's really new. That was that's only about 150 years old in the West, that, that sense. And in fact, if anything, it was the opposite way around for, for centuries before that. Mm. But the, the idea that a particular color has a has a gender aspect to it mm. um, is uh, is quite new, and it, it changes from culture to culture. So.
0: Yeah, I always wonder if it's been learned or not because I'm very much naturally drawn towards. Like I'm sitting here in a in a light pink jumper. My whole area, like my my chair's pink. My even my microphone's pink. And I'm just I'm drawn to that. And I wonder if it's a taught thing or if it's a um well, we a natural a thing. thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's all taught. You think?
1: We know, well, we know it's a taught thing because. Yeah. If it were A natural thing. Yeah. So what would we expect? Let's play with that idea. Yeah. If it's a natural thing then we would expect that to be a constant throughout history. We'd be able to yes look back into the Middle Ages or the Roman era or whatever, and we would see the mm. girls' colour. Mm. And we'd also be able to look across culture. We'd be able to say, is blue for boys, pink for girls? Is that is that something that's in in every, every culture around the world? And it's not. So Neither no. of those things are true. It's not true in history, and it's not true across cultures. So, therefore, it has to be... yeah what
0: about the softer like i know when i'm in my feminine and in my flow and i don't know if you feel like this when you're dropping more into your feminine that you're drawn to softer things like softer colors softer textures um like that idea do you believe in that or do you still think that's even taught
1: well again we'd have we can we don't have to it's not we don't have to have an opinion we can look at we can look at the evidence right and so again we would expect those softer if that were the case that that would that. be constant across history and across culture and again we can see that it's not um and you can you know and it's it's very easy to imagine if you think about the if you think about the bright vibrant highly saturated colors that that women in india or in sub-saharan africa mm-hmm. or pacific mm-hmm. islands wear um these are not soft pastely Colors yeah, these are true. vibrant and powerful and heavily saturated colors. Uh, think of the beautiful, beautiful saris. But these are not these are not soft, delicate colors. Yes,
0: this is these funny, are... isn't it? I'm glad to ask that question. Yeah, isn't that bizarre? Yeah, if you look across the different cultures and histories, so it is a different thing. Like it's what you've grown up with. It's what you've exactly. been taught. Basically, you've been taught that the soft and the pink and all that is the girl stuff, which is us in the Western world but yeah in a different culture you've been taught a different thing so you're wearing different things to bring out your femininity
1: right and so Hmm. these are so these things are very heavily culturally constructed and like i say but and we are trained in them we are trained in them from i mean people are putting those expectations or those um those beliefs on us from the before we're born Hmm. um and and we become aware of them the moment we arrive and we deeply internalize them before we're three years old yeah so so but so of course we have those associations and i mean there are there are even tests you can do online that test your (laughs) that test your implicit biases and we all have them um because we that's what we've what we've grown up with like our whole lives funny story like i have i have two young boys um ages 10 and 9 uh, they are <laughs> absolutely delightful. They're the joy of my life. Um, when the, f- in both cases, my wife, Laura, and I did not, um, we chose not to know the the sex of these babies before they arrived, because number one, we just wanted, we wanted it to be a surprise. And, and number two, we also both wanted to kind of avoid, we, we didn't, we didn't have any kind of expectations attached. And we didn't, we didn't want to even buy into that we were just because we kind of thought well what difference would it make to us like if Mm. you know which which way this baby comes out so we didn't know and this a lot of people found that really surprising or a lot or or even challenging and the the story here is I mean one one relative uh, was sewing a beautiful wanted to sew a baby blanket for the baby, but was really challenged by the idea that, that we did not know what, what sex the baby would be. And, and so she actually ended up sewing two blankets, a pink one and a blue one.
0: Wow.
1: Wow. So doubled the work. And they're absolutely beautiful. And these are, this, is an, this is an heirloom piece now. But, but I think it's a really, and we're very deeply grateful for the, for the gift but at the same time, it's an interesting story, right, about the expectations that we place. There's, there's a great BBC um, experiment that, that folks can, can look up on, on YouTube where they did this thing where they took the same baby, dressed it as a boy, dressed it as a girl, and had adults interacting with, with the same child and playing. And there was you know, they were in a room with, with a variety of, of toys that were traditionally gendered. And the way the way adults, all adults, spoke to the child, interacted with the child, the toys they gave the child from the from the what was available in the room, totally different. So we have the it's these are you know these are deep deep um, you know the associations for us that that we've grown up with, um, and they're not wrong. It's not it's not wrong to it's not wrong to feel those associations or to um, or or for it's not at all wrong for for women to like pink or men to like wearing you know wearing um, blue or you know I always love you know we're talking about active wear I love the fact that you know a lot of women's active wear is sold as you know bright and happy and vibrant and 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 cheerful and bright patterns and and men's active wear is very serious it's, it's isn't it ever
0: <laughs> isn't it ever it's,
1: it's black or if you are on a bit of color maybe charcoal or navy but <laughs> but uh, g- generally speaking there are some exceptions but um it's but there's nothing wrong with those things and, and for people who who have grown up with a you know and have a life experience where I mean we all understand what is supposed to be masculine in our society and what is supposed to be feminine Mm -hmm. and if that happens to align with your personal anatomy um and you're happy with that and that makes brings you joy great you should totally do that um but i think with a lot of things in life what happens what goes wrong is that people think well i'm happy with the way i am i i like this way i like i like the alignment that i feel between my biological sex and the, and the gender role that my society gives me. So everyone else should be the same.
0: Yeah. That's what if
1: if, I, if I like this alignment and this alignment brings me joy and fulfillment, it should bring you joy and fulfillment as well. And Mm. that's, that's, you know, I think a lot of things in life, we would, I think as a society, we'd have a lot more peace if, if people just wouldn't,
0: It's really the crux of the matter, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Stop stop liking things I don't like.
0: Yeah, exactly. We all have a we all have a something we we just st- you stick in your own lane basically like just stick with you like this and you like that and there's no need to judge or have opinions on either one. There's no right or wrong on it. I love that. It's beautiful. That's what and
1: and that's what I think is so beautiful about bringing it back to you Michelle like the, the communities that that I've seen you create and, and operate within. Um, For for me personally, I I can't speak to other people's experiences, but I hope, I believe they would be the same. Um, You know, just a sense of acceptance of, of people where they are, whoever they are, that, that there is, that there is no, no judgment um, for being you.
0: Yeah, that's what I'd hope that people will see from our community. So that's lovely. Um, now, I just wanted to touch on. You said you've got your wife and your two sons. Yeah. So obviously you grew into this. How did your wife go with all this? Was she on board early on, or was there a little bit of a period there where she had to transition and get ahead around what was going on?
1: Oh look, absolutely, there was adjustments that that needed and and, and talk and and I don't think that I necessarily always. Uh, you know, did did things the textbook way either. I think, you know, it's there's been there's been uh struggle for both of us, I think, yeah, to, towards that. Because again, we have deep seated expectations and and so um and I guess we we all imagine about how our life and our our loves and our relationships will will be. And this wasn't on the cards for either mm. of us. Mm. Yeah, this was, this was not and again um i don't want to tell too much of laura's story yeah, because it's it, because it's because it's her story yeah. and, and out of out of respect there i have to get I her on that, rudy yeah <laughs> and i can say that but i can say that um she's been supportive and mm, loving beautiful beyond any expectation um and that it, but and also acknowledge that it has been hard for, for yeah. us both.
0: Um, yeah, because I see your photos and I'm think I just see the the pair of you. I'm like, oh wow! Like it again, fills my heart to see you guys look really tight, and I love that. And and you've just you've you've worked your way through it. And of course, it's going to be difficult, as you said, because of the expectations. So it's just lovely to see.
1: We have been together for twenty years. We've been married for fifteen of those years, um, and. And I guess the other thing is that with everything that life throws at people, um, actually, I don't think this is the hardest thing we've been through. We've, mm. been, we've been through, you know, the deaths of close family members. We lost our first child to miscarriage. We oh, wow! Um, you know, there's we've been through a lot together. This is I don't think this is even in the top ten. <laughs> wow, well, that. that's the best. That's so, awesome. And and life brings us all kinds of things. So, and we, we adjust and.
0: Yeah, that's great. So, where to from now, Rudy? That's what I wanted. I think we've only you've only just started to take off. So, where where, where are you taking this? Because I can see it's going big. It's already started. So, what's your plans so for the future?
1: I don't know that there's a for my own journey. I don't know that there is a a plan. I just know that um, the things that I'm the things that I'm doing and the ways that I'm showing up in the world and the um, the my own sense of the way my own sense of self is growing um i see that as a journey rather than a than a destination like mm. there is no fixed destination it, it's wherever things wherever yeah. things take me um but in in another sense i do want to i do want to get that message out to as many people as i can which is which is why i approached you
0: yeah <laughs> i love michelle.
1: that michelle uh that message, fundamentally, it doesn't matter what it is. Like people have noticed me because it's kind of an extreme or a or a very visible, a very visible change in direction. Um, but if there is that that message I was talking about earlier, that if there is a something that is holding you back or stifling that sparkle, then then go for it. Don't don't uh, don't be held back from being your your truest. Self because that's not where that's not where joy lies mm-hmm. um, and also if i can if i can influence the world in any way to be a kinder and more accepting place or a more welcoming place or get people cha- even challenge people to think about think about you know ideas of of gender if 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 those things are things that that they are maybe judging other people on and maybe questioning that and there's there's that beautiful so Laura is a librarian by trade and through her I I became aware of an idea that uh, started in some Scandinavian countries and has spread from there the idea of of living library books the idea that sometimes all people need to do is actually talk to somebody different um, to get an idea that oh okay well that Person is actually human like me, and that their identity isn't somehow shocking or or Mm -hmm. sinister or going to bring the downfall. The the world is going to the world is not going to end because because some people like me don't feel at home with the the binary gender that we were assigned at birth, Um, and we've stepped out of that because it doesn't work for us. Actually, we're not going to bring about the downfall of of humanity. talk to me and you'll find that I'm a human being like you I Mm -hmm. I I love like you I I have fears and worries like you Uh, I love my kids like you Um,
0: you love your Lorna Jane leggings like (laughs) me (laughs) Uh,
1: and whatever it is that you know whatever it is that uh, you know by actually interacting with people hearing people's stories we become more understanding I think that the 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 road to a kinder world is based on number one empathy, which we just all need to cultivate in our lives, and and just the ability and the willingness to under to to accept that other people have feelings and that and that they they are real people, but then beyond that understanding, so empathy will get us to a particular point, and then to go further into kindness we we need that level of understanding as well and and that comes through exposing ourselves to new thoughts new ideas new people people and lives that we normally might not have come into contact with there was this extraordinary thing that i observed on social media um, a few months ago and it was quite a high prominent person I'm not into naming names it's not important but somebody who was who was kind of speculating with their in their one of their groups with their groups with their followers um, about what yeah if if society was if society was this particular way would trans people exist or would they would they Mm -hmm. need to would they need to do this sort sort of thing and and it was kind of a an extraordinary conversation because this, the person who was asking the question was not at least visibly (laughs) trans or gender diverse themselves. Mm -hmm. And their followers who were participating and offering opinions about about what trans people's lives and experiences might be like, um, were not (laughs) apparently trans or gender diverse people either. And it's like, this is a very weird conversation to observe because if you were genuinely curious about this question, maybe you should ask a trans or gender diverse person actually (laughs) but it was kind of like but we see this all the time right we see we see decisions being made by governments and organizations around what first nations people might want or need without actually necessarily and it's getting much better now but historically without having any first nations people actually in there. <laughs> participating in, in the conversation it still happens remember a few years ago a a particular prime minister uh, made himself minister for women and it's like yeah and so a group of a group of men deciding what women may or may not want or need in their lives and and maybe you know I know it was probably very difficult to find a woman to to ask yeah. <laughs> but um it, so there, there is that thing that has come out of the civil rights movement no you know nothing nothing about us without us and yeah. yeah and so I would just encourage curiosity and Michelle before we actually started the recording you know you were very beautifully vulnerable with me
0: and, oh, I was and, nervous because I didn't want to offend anybody or say anything right. wrong and and so
1: I think and that's a beautiful instinct and and kind people have this instinct um and I just, if it's okay, I just wanted to, to touch on that a little bit because um, I think two things. Number one, like I was saying earlier, um, the, the sense of let's not, let's not think about offence so much. Let's think yes. about welcoming and inclusion. And you've nailed that. So you don't know. Oh, that's control, good. Right? So worry about let's all think more about how we're going to welcome people rather than yeah. how we're going to avoid offending people.
0: Yes, so I love that. that
1: lesson number one and lesson number two I think is in general in as a vast generalization people understand compassionate curiosity and Mm -hmm. so even as somebody who is outside of traditional gender boundaries like myself um, you know what I can tell the difference between somebody who's actually got a genuine question and and wants to understand my experience or what that's like for me, or, like, how did I get here, or, in it, it, like, genuine compassionate curiosity versus somebody trying to be nasty, or be mm. down, and we all know that, right, and, and look, yes, it's 100% possible that you could ask the question of somebody in compassionate curiosity and get, and offend them, or get a, a bad reaction, or a, but that's often because the person you're asking, I mean, maybe they've been through a lot, or maybe, mm. I mean, you don't know, you don't know, and it's possible, but you can't always, you can't dim compassionate curiosity with the, with the worrying too much about offence because 99.999% of the time people can tell the difference.
0: Yes, it's pretty clear, isn't it? it but is I do clear. have a question. When someone's being nasty. Yeah. I do have a question about, you know, how I was yes. saying you, um, when I met, you know, as, as I called you a man, but then I was like yes. doubting myself. So, when my question, and, and there's probably other people wondering this, that's why I'm just yeah. going to say it. Like, what, what, what do you say when, when you're non binary? Like, do you, does it depend on the person? Like, would, would I call you a man or does, is, that a, is that a politically incorrect term? Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you describe that?
1: So, I prefer the term person or human. Person. Uh, I, yes, I don't.
0: That's, that's so simple. Why did I not think of that? <laughs> It's so ingrained
1: in us, isn't it? It is. this is the thing. It's not, it's not any, it's not anything on your part, Michelle. It's that this we are we are trained to trained. think our entire lives. Um, that there are these two these two categories. And again, I just want to point out that not every culture has this problem because there are other I mean, we have two categories of human being in in the English encoded into the English language, man and woman. Yep. There are other there are other um, cultures. So Pacific Islander cultures have three genders in their in their culture. Do they? So yeah, uh, and it, and I don't want to try and pronounce the words because I don't want to get them, <laughs> about long. this. They're probably but, about twelve million letters long. <laughs> but it, anyone who wants to look into it, then. So definitely Tongan culture and Samoan culture have three genders in their in their um, in yep. their language and in their culture um, same with same with um, there are some there are some Indian cultures so India India um, where there, there are multiple different genders understood within their within their society so somebody could be a man could be a woman or could be one of these other genders mm.
3: um,
1: and again, if if gender was purely biological, if it was purely aligned with your physical anatomy, we would expect that every culture would have the same number of genders and the same and the same throughout history. And this is not true. Mm-hmm. So we know that there is cultural, there is a layer of culture that overlies all of this. And one of the most beautiful experiences I had. Was because I became curious about this, right? And so I was aware through reading, and reading gets you so far. But until you actually talk to somebody, what I was saying before, you can't presume you know all that much about it. And so I, I was aware that in I was aware of, about what I was saying about Pacific Islander culture, and I had the opportunity to actually ask a Tongan woman, so "What does this mean? Like, how does this how does this this work for you? What is?" so this this third gender that you have what is that yeah you know, what is that <laughs> mm-hmm. and and she started to try and explain that she had a couple of false starts and then she just looked at me and said people like you oh people like you that was a I'm almost tearing up now in, at the memory because it was profoundly moving the idea that I didn't have words in my own language to describe this experience. But in her language, she did. And in fact, the best definition she could come up with was people like you.
2: Mm. Wow. And
1: uh, it's profound to actually mm. to have that sense of actually not only are you not alone, but actually we have, we just have a word for it. (laughs) Even better. It's so, it's so, it's so, it's so so, so normal to us. So it's so, it's, it's a phenomenon that we, that we observe in our, in our lives and in our culture. And some people are like this and and we, we have a word for it because we have a word. So, um, so again, ask questions, ask, ask, uh, people people will generally know and and it's very unlikely that people will be offended by a, or react badly a to less of you by compassionate curiosity what else what else did you what else have you wanted to, to ask but never never known
0: how or? yeah i've got some other questions yeah. for you so yeah, do please. you have Um, Do you um, swing in different hours of the day or different days of feeling more feminine versus more masculine? Like today, you are like physically looking like more masculine than I've seen you. Does that change day to day?
1: No. So. Oh, wow. So that's the. So what you're describing there is a um, is a uh, people call that gender fluid. So I don't experience that fluidity. Yeah. Um, you're just seeing me not quite as not quite as put together as I normally am Michelle. that's right this is this is this is me uh still it's 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 it was an early morning and I I'm not maybe I'm not maybe at my it's a
0: podcast people are only listening to you
1: that's right so I didn't I didn't really make as much effort as I otherwise might I Uh, and and again I think every every woman knows that right that you're not always. <laughs> if you a exactly. podcast early in the morning, you're maybe not at your most put together. So that's all that is for me. But but it's a great question because some people do experience that, and it, and so when you when you hear somebody describe themselves as gender fluid, it's exactly that that some mm. some days or some 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 mornings mm. they feel they align better with masculinity or femininity and mm. it, it can shift and change during the day and sometimes it drives them <laughs> it's it, sometimes it's very frustrating or uh for some
0: folk when they when they experience that it's quite no, that's freeing to me. me the thought of that sounds quite oh, oh, whatever you feel like in the moment you just do well except it it could be
1: that it's more like for example uh you might have in the morning you might be feeling quite feminine and you've you've dressed that way and oh, you've you've done your makeup and then by lunchtime you're feeling yes. you're feeling the same way that like a a a masculine uh, you know traditionally masculine yes. man might feel if he suddenly woke up in a dress
0: yes okay that makes and that sense.
1: can be that could be distressing right and and hmm. vice versa
0: God, I'm so, so naive. Not naive. I'm so know, simplistic. I'm just like, oh, that sounds like free. <laughs> but yeah, forget about things like that because you've got going out into the world like this. Like if you weren't just at home and you were, you know, done up and you suddenly felt like a male. And you take your makeup off, you take your dress off, and you put your your charcoal gym gear on. But it's not that sure. simple in the world because not necessarily. No, no. Well, interesting. So you're always a hundred percent feeling more feminine. That's how it works for you. Yeah. Hmm, that's cool. And I
1: and I would say that, and there's another thing we could get into, uh, which is the difference between gender identity and gender expression. But okay, that's, yep. I, I want to hear more. I want to hear more of your questions, Michelle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. That was my um one. So do you always wear makeup, like, or is it like like how I would be? Some days you just can't be bothered. Other days, like I've seen you all dressed up when you go out. It's the same idea, same as
1: exactly exactly the same as exactly the same as as you. Yeah. And, And makeup is a challenge for me. I'm not, I don't consider myself very good yet. So, and, and, but this is, but this is the thing, right? So, uh, and 100% people will sometimes look at, at um, trans women or look at gender or gender non binary people like myself, but who have a feminine expression. Mm -hmm. And, and look, sometimes, sometimes as adults, their style choices or their makeup, might actually not be on point, or might even look at not great. Hmm. And the thing is that for a for a woman, for a feminine woman, she made all those mistakes while she was a teenager. Oh yes, that makes sense. Right? So you tried out that fashion style, and you really wanted to look like that, and it just it was just not suitable for you. It just didn't work for your body shape hmm. or your your skin color or whatever. But you you really wanted it to work, so you wore it out all the time. Your parents kind of rolled their eyes and said, okay, well, let her do what she does. And you made all those mistakes. And you you had the botched makeup or the, or the, mm. or, and, but, you know, um, but you had, but by the time they reach 30s and 40s, these women will have decades of experience at, mm-hmm. at their makeup and at their style choice and knowing what works for them and doesn't. Trans women or feminine, non-binary people will have will be brand new at this. They are make mm. they are at maybe thirty or forty or fifty years old, making the mistakes that a teenage girl makes. Mm. Mistakes, quote mm. unquote. Right. Makes sense. But, and so, yeah, you know, again, you see people saying very unkind things online uh, when when you see maybe a trans woman who doesn't. Quite hasn't quite worked out what her style is yet, or what works for her or not, uh, and and of course the and then she ends up on it. She ends up on somebody else's name
0: being mm. made fun of. I mean, like someone like helps you probably if you have money. Like someone like Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, like, sure. I just watched I just watched her transition. I was like, wow, like went from this to this, but had all the money and all the support to be able to get the stylist and, and get the makeup done and. 100 oh, yeah, percent That's amazing. And if,
1: Watch. And if I'm going out to a if I'm going out to a big event and I really I, I will I will pay to get my, yeah. my makeup done. I should start time, doing that I...
0: too. Because <laughs> I've got no idea about makeup. Yeah, maybe you and I should go get our makeup done together. I've <laughs> got no idea. No idea. We should do that one day. I would love that. We should, we should do a little um, blog. Yeah, let's do it. We'll go together yeah. and we'll do oh, a blog of the fabulous. day. I would and love I'll get that. some I of the pictures. Because I've got I've got do. no idea. No idea. Day spa, yes. Manny Petty, yes. We're up for it. Okay, date <laughs> with Rudy. That would be Rudy. so much
1: fun. That would be so much fun. I love this idea. Um, Sorry, we got off track. Makeup? No, no, no. But so just the so just the the idea that um, actually yeah, we did get off track. Where did we go? Uh, did
0: wearing go? makeup and also having some money, like Caitlin. Oh, that's, money oh, that's
1: right that's right yeah but but even even before that coming back to the idea of um of yeah how i present myself um and and whether yeah and how similar that might be to to typically feminine women's experience um and and i think I mean people are the same, right? We make the same mistakes, we have the yeah. same fears. We we get we get sold we get sold products that we think that we're told to <laughs> to solve this just, problem or that problem. I just
0: cleaned <laughs> up my bathroom <laughs> cupboard yesterday. It was a freaking long show. There's shit that was in that cupboard. I was like, this is terrible. I had bags and bags of crap that I bought that was shit, or I got sold on the little infomercial thinking it was gonna fix my cellulite and never did, you know. <laughs> Oh, it's terrible. Oh, so wait, if back to makeup, I'm a bit obsessed with makeup. Yeah. Can you just walk in to any particular makeup place and be accepted? Like if you and I went out today and went into, would you feel safe and secure walking into any place? Today, I today
1: I would, but that's yes. been a journey. At yeah. first, I was very self conscious and very, um, yeah. And, and fearful and anxious yeah. about how would people perceive it. And it was so, it was so, and that was the same with clothes as well. Like buying that first pair of Lorna Jane tights mm-hmm. I talked about was a harrowing experience, let alone putting them on. But even the act of going into the store and buying them was 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 nerve wracking mm-hmm. and, and fearful for me. And, but again, coming back to what, one of your earlier questions, I am just really, really lucky that neither in the fashion space or in the makeup space have I ever experienced anything bad or felt excluded, or and I think so. Yes, my initial going into a makeup store was initially a really harrowing experience, and but then having experienced it and having just being accepted
0: and welcomed and
1: uh, well, I think it's a, I think honestly I think is a credit
0: to you you probably don't see that but I think that you've had minimal um bad experiences is a credit to your you and your personality and your warmth and your genuine authenticity I really do you really come across as I'm not saying that someone gets that does get abuse is not a bad is not a good person but you are just naturally quite uh easy to get along with that makes sense thank you yeah
1: but um and of course, yeah, it could be that you know there could have been a hundred times where I've gone into Mecca and bought something, and then when I've walked out, and and then the assistants have said to us, "Oh, look at that freak." But if if that has ever happened, and I've got no evidence that it ever did, hmm. um, then I wouldn't know about it. Like so, it doesn't really it doesn't yeah. really bother right. me what <laughs> what they think after I've left. Yeah. But awesome. I've never experienced it. It's always and the other thing that I think is wonderful, and that that has really helped me, and I particularly want to say this to all the women listening today, that women have this amazing superpower amongst yourselves that I've kind of become a late member of that club. It's interesting to me and something I really noticed that the number of times women offer just little compliments to each other all the time. Mm And men don't do this, right? It's, and so I've got—I feel like I've kind of got this unique kind of viewpoint from from my journey and my experience, where I can kind of see, ah, that's that's an interesting difference. So the number of times women—and I—I first experienced it as women started saying it, saying these things to me and realizing, oh, that's that's strange. And I, I thought they were kind of just trying to be extra nice or extra mm. um, extra welcoming, but in fact, I then noticed the degree to which you do it to each other Mm -hmm. and it's just that thing about oh your hair looks so good today or give me a look at those nails they're beautiful where did you get them done Mm -hmm. or I love those shoes they go they go so well with that outfit or any of these tiny little things and um, I was disappointed because sometimes we hear about that thing that happens especially in workplaces you know microaggressions things that in and of themselves don't aren't much but they mount up to a lot and I thought wow women do this thing to each other that I'm going to call microaffirmations. and then I looked it up and somebody's already taken the word. Oh. but anyway but but it, it's true like right? and and it's at the end of the day yes it's sometimes it is about genuinely appreciating those earrings or that hairstyle or that outfit or whatever it is, but what does it actually do? Like it lubricates these social connections. It's this, it's this constant background heartbeat of affirmation and safety. It's, I see you, you are safe here.
0: Yeah. I
1: see you, you are safe here. And, and it's, it's really, really beautiful.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Men don't do this to each other. I see that and I can see exactly (laughs) this is spot on women have a very we are very I find very intuitive we feel people and we know how to make people feel comfortable so by talking to you about your nails and your dress you're without saying it saying to you I accept you how you are and I'm going to compliment you on these things that any normal like outside society may criticize so this is why me not saying to you, and I probably did it to you as well, instead of saying, oh, my God, Rudy, I love that you're dressed in a dress and you're, and you're a socially accepted male or whatever, but but I don't have to say that. All I need to say is, oh, my God, Rudy, I absolutely love that dress and those shoes and your makeup looks amazing today. That's me saying I accept you for who you are without saying it outright, which I think yeah. women are good at.
1: Absolutely, and it's it's constant, and you do it to each other all the time. We do, yes. It's It's this beautiful beautiful i call it a heartbeat there's a beautiful heartbeat Mm -hmm. underneath that that is this constant message of reassurance and safety and and acceptance
0: micro affirmation i love that i have to write that down micro affirmation okay i got one more question and then i need to ask so the lorna jane campaign can we get firstly can we get a copy was it electronic online so it's
1: part of so um it's part of active nation day and Um, so that's I don't know whether this podcast will come out before that but it's the 25th of September the last the last the last Sunday of every the last Sunday of every month of every September every year um and so yes if you just if you if you go to um either Lorna's Facebook or Ah, uh, Insta. You'll find you'll find me featured there. I'm uh, so excited. Last, last week, last week it was. Um, so, as part of Active Nation Day, uh, Lorna Jane wanted to highlight members of of her community, um, and I was tremendously honoured and privileged to be um, the first person that that she featured. Um, wow! So
0: that's exciting. Did you get to meet her personally?
1: Um, I've met Lorna a few times, and uh, and most and and also as part of the lead up to Active Nation Day, yes, I I was invited to join her and her team for a for a workout and morning tea last oh. week. So
0: what? Okay. Did you get photos? Yes. Okay, on my So socials. right, I need to get them off your socials because I got a picture of <laughs> Lorna Jane as well. So we'll get them up together. We'll put them up for the podcast. So that's exciting. Um, and then yeah, everyone follow. Make sure they follow Rudy at home. I had one other question just about. I think yeah. I think you answered it earlier, but you said you're not fully transitioning. You're just um, gender diverse, non-binary yeah. gender diverse. So you're not changing. Are you changing your body shape at any stage, or are you just sticking um, with? I don't know. I, cool. don't know.
1: I don't know. I I haven't. I have an open mind. So, uh, and I'm happy to. I'm happy to talk specifics there. I think because again, I think people are curious about this, and hmm. so, um, so what that means for what that means for for trans people, um is that they could is that so there are two levels there's there's hormonal treatment Mm -hmm. and there's surgical
3: Mm -hmm. treatment
1: so and this is so this is now called gender affirming therapies Um, so it's not we don't really talk about changing gender we talk about affirming the the gender that people already already experience for themselves um i I don't know, I've got, a, I've got kind of an open mind here because what I do know about myself is that every step I've taken into feminine presentation um, has made me feel better and, and more joyful. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've liked, when I look in the mirror or, like, or look in the photos, I like what I see more and more. So, I I guess I'm lucky. I do know that I do know that some people experience what we call gender dysphoria. So the fact that the fact that they exist in their body as it is um, causes great distress,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so they undertake uh, hormonal treatment and or surgery to try and lessen the effects of that dysphoria. Or those bad feelings, um, and it has a really, really high success rate in terms of addressing those addressing those things. Um, does it always work? No. Uh, sometimes do people who've had uh, gender affirming therapies uh, actually regret it and and want to and want to transition back? Yep, that happens mm-hmm. as well. Like nothing nothing is certain in life. Like there's no and especially with medicine and when you're dealing with individual people with individual differences in their values and their psychology and their experiences, I mean, no doctor is going to ever guarantee you anything, <laughs> or if they do, you should be a bit worried. Um, and so for people who do experience very high levels of gender dysphoria, um, will surgery or, and or hormones help them? Almost certainly yes. Yeah. Is there some chance that they might regret it? Maybe, but it's a really low—it's a really low um, statistic. And again, so if you are just like you have to do with every medical decision, you're playing the odds. Yeah. So, um, is this likely to—is this likely to—to to have a good effect? Is it likely to have a bad effect? So you have to weigh those things up. For me, I guess I'm lucky that I do experience. Gender dysphoria, it's like one of the first things that clued me into oh, okay, maybe there's something interesting happened here when I was looking at that. I mean, the the lean athletic Mm. male figure that I saw in those photos, you know, years ago. Um, so do I experience it? Yes. Is it really severe? I think compared to what other people go through, mine is not. Um, and it's it's quite manageable and that um, the, the simple kind of cosmetic or outside things that I can do with 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 makeup or lash extensions or waxing or mm-hmm. uh, fabulous clothes. Um, you know can for me that feels like it it's enough is is more and more
0: I don't know. Do I'll you feel like
1: it, I'll see where it goes. You
0: know, do you feel like your body's becoming even a little bit more feminine with you just being more feminine? Like is it softening or is it is that a thing? Could that happen? I, I don't. I don't think.
1: Well, I don't think it could happen. I don't think it's happening to me. Oh. What people? I mean, what what I do notice is that when, I mean, when you, and one thing I guess does intrigue me is that listening to the stories of, of trans women. So people who've been born biologically male have a very strong, um, female gender identity yes. and often experiencing high degrees of dysphoria. And when they start um, hormone treatment, uh, they do, of course, notice a lot of physiological changes um, in their bodies, including, including changes to skin, like uh, a softening of the skin, um, and uh, sensitive, change sensitivity in the skin. Um, so, and, and a changing of of even facial features uh, yeah. happens with with estrogen and suppressing testosterone. I mean, there are there are bone changes that happen during puberty that are that are not reversible with with hormones. But the soft tissue on top of the bones absolutely can be changed and resculpted. And um, and yeah, I mean, sometimes you can look online and if you follow some trans women online, who sometimes will post. Some of their their journey and some of their their history, and you can see like amazing some amazing changes. Um, but again, you know, then a lot of other trans women have to also deal with maybe they didn't get such a dramatic changes as, as mm. that other woman did, yeah. or. Um, but I'm starting to I'm starting to get kind of like on the <laughs> the verge of my experience, so I can't really yes, speak too sure. much more about. So you're not doing
0: hormones. Um, you're not doing any not, hormone treatment at the moment
1: not, no not right no. now no might I in the future i haven't i haven't decided and i'm open to it i'm open to at least yeah. exploring it
0: yeah so, that's cool uh. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, so much. I could talk. For, I just love this. <laughs> but we've got to wrap it up soon. we have to have a meeting with my VAs. I told them I'll get back to because we usually meet at 10. I said, I don't know how long this is going to take. I'll get back to you when I'm finished my podcast. So that was, uh, that was wonderful. So we have no time limits. Um, but I do for the for the listeners at home want to if they want to know how to follow your journey or where to follow you, where would be the best place for them to look? So
1: I'm very active on the socials. Um I'm I do Pretty much everything out in the open. So, uh, I'm very happy for people to friend me on Facebook, follow me on Instagram, connect with me on on LinkedIn. Those are the three platforms I use use okay. the most. Um, uh, and I I really, if there's if there's anything that I can um, can say to them, I, I really hope that. If anything here has you curious or you want to ask anything, please ask. You will not you will not offend me. And if by some chance, I don't know, you ask something that I'm not comfortable answering, I'll, I'll just say that. I'll just say, look, I'm not really not comfortable with that question. But I can't even imagine what that, I'm pretty, I hope that if you've listened this far, you'll know by now I'm a pretty open person yeah. and I'm lucky that I've had a lot of good experiences and a lot of support from beautiful people like Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I'm, I'm secure enough that I can. I'm quite happy to take questions, even challenging questions. I don't, I honestly can't think of a question that that okay. I'm uncomfortable with. So ask, please. Ask. All right, we and might even pop that up on the page and
0: do a little Q and A for you and see if anyone has questions. So, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I might pop it over on our maybe our time to shine page. I'll post up a little snippet of our interview and people can ask questions, and you can answer however yeah you feel. So that's amazing. Uh, I think I've got most of my questions answered, but if I don't, I'll do i will do the o Q and a my own Q&A and, a and answer, ask them all for you. Um, but I have three questions that don't yes. relate to our topic. They're more deeper spiritual questions. Have you been listening to the yeah. podcast? Do you know what they are? I have. I oh, have. I really cheated. <laughs> okay, so the first question, as you probably know, is what is the soul?
1: To me, the soul is a beautiful poem. And I say that because a poem doesn't have a poem contains a deep truth. It is a symbol that points us to, to truth. Um, we don't need to be able to define what is necessarily you know, scientifically or, or physically, in the sense of physics, um, uh, real. What we do know is that if I were to break down any one of our bodies, you know, you can do one of those scans, you know, at the at the at the gym you can find out you know how much of your body is bone and how much of your body is water and how much is fat and how much is organs and all the rest right and yet we know and we could go go and do a brain scan right and we could plot your brain waves but that doesn't really tell you who that person is like Mm -hmm. there is something about that person that is more than a collection of physical body tissues and brain waves um and i don't think any of us really know what that is but soul is a is a pointer to what that is and it's a poem of hope because it also like i said we have this short we have this short fleeting fragile existence and we all would like to believe that there is some part of us that continues and some part of our missed loved ones that continues And so the poem is that, the poem is a poem of the thing that is in us that is more than the sum of our parts
0: Mm -hmm. and the thing that endures. Oh, yes, yes and yes. That was amazing. Lucky it's recorded. We can reuse that. (laughs) And what happens after you die? I have a very
1: open mind. And, again, here's something that a lot of people would probably find unusual. So, again, given my journey and given the way that I present in the world, I'll also say that, you know, I, my family is, my family is Austrian. We have a very strong Catholic uh, history and background. That faith still means a lot to me. Um, mm-hmm. And so my cultural tradition is that we do have a, a soul that continues, continues after death and that becomes united, united with God. Um, and that's my cultural tradition that's what I believe I'm also very but I'm also very accepting and very I, I don't accept that as I don't see that as dogma that I want to to push onto anybody else yeah. I'm, I love the way that humans across time and across culture have come up with all kinds of different understandings of this paradox of like I was saying earlier what what Do we, what happens to that uniqueness when the physical elements drop away? And we have lots of, and again, this is now philosophy and poetry. We can't answer this scientifically. If you answer it scientifically, you'll just say, well, um, anything that was, anything that was, that person is now gone.
2: Yeah.
1: But that doesn't, is not a satisfying answer to humans. Mm -hmm. And we don't like it. So we, we, we reached to philosophy and poetry to, to answer it instead.
0: Love that. Love it. And what do you know for sure?
1: This one is a, so I, again, I have a technical and scientific background. Um, and I would say that, I mean, the one thing, the one thing that we are all most sure of is of our own existences, mm-hmm. our own selves. And so kind of coming full circle now that's why if the only if maybe the only thing that we can ever really be 110% sure of is our own consciousness our own existence then what a betrayal if we do not live true to that the one the one thing we actually know for sure and we're gonna dim that light and we're gonna say oh but you know somebody might not like me living the way I want to
0: live who cares like (laughs) exactly exactly who cares that's right who cares I love it I have loved our conversation Rudy it's been I had a feeling it was going to be a really good a really good session and it was and as I said I was nervous but I'm, I'm so glad I went there anyway even though I was feeling a little bit vulnerable and a bit nervous but I feel that's why that makes this so good because it wasn't perfect and I stumbled over my words at the start because I wasn't sure what to say, but it doesn't matter because we got our message out there and um, between your listeners and my listeners and let's just get this far and wide. And um, I've interviewed Rudy because he's going to be famous one day, just a heads up, everybody. <laughs> you, already said, you already are. I can see what's going on here. Everyone, is, everyone you just every time I look on Facebook, I'm like, Rudy's with someone else I know. Like I've got a fair social group of friends. <laughs> and followers and i'm like oh my god they're with rudy oh my god they're with rudy he's a real networker i love it love 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 it so good oh, beautiful so thank you so much for joining us is there anything else you'd like to say before we finish up were you happy got everything else? only only to
1: to say thank you michelle not just for today but for for years of friendship and support yes. and yeah. acceptance and creating a welcoming space um, and And also, thank you for your vulnerability, because you said right at the outset that you weren't quite sure of yourself, and you did it anyway. you stepped into it anyway mm. and and I just wish I, I hope that can I hope that that inspires other people. like yes. I hope that other people are inspired by by you feeling vulnerable yes. and insecure and and still asking questions in in compassionate
0: curiosity yes compassionate curiosity yes that's that's the term we're going to go forward with compassionate curiosity if it's coming from the heart and it's coming from a good place and it's compassionate curiosity then very unlikely to offend someone and if you do then you just do it doesn't it doesn't mean anything we've got to stop putting meaning around everything so thank you so much loved 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 our conversation and I hopefully well I know that a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this so thank you for coming thank you If you have enjoyed this podcast and want to know more, I personally invite you to dip your toes into our business. My sister and I have created an amazing bundle that allows you to taste test what we both have to offer. Get in close proximity, feel the magic for yourself and see what our extended family tribe love about Those Two Sisters. To get all the taste test deets, head over to com forward slash taste tester. See you there.